Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Michael Gannon and Graham Young to discuss all the latest from Celtic Park. On the pod today, all the transfer latest, including the continued search for a new right-back, reviewing the win in Sarajevo as Mikey Johnston comes of age, and Karamoka Dembele earns major praise, but is it too much too soon? How are we today, gentlemen? We all right? Very well. Seem to be saying every week the transfer window rolls on and on and on. Uh, Michael, it was your story in the paper this morning, uh, but a search for a right-back, the seemingly never-ending search. Uh, Tommy Smith was top target, but now seemingly heading to Stoke City in the Championship. Uh, what more can you tell us about that, if anything? Pretty much what you say, yeah. He's, um, he's one of the guys that I know that Neil Lennon really fancied. Um, but it now looks like uh, pretty sure now he's going to be signing for Stoke. Um, I think that the, the, listen, the market in England is, is crazy. I mean, a guy who was a decent decent right back at England level um, played in about 16, 17 games last year in the, the English Premier League. Um, I think Celtic were willing to go two, two and a half, three million pounds. I think I think it's going to be a four million pound deal for him at Stoke. Um, and it's not just that; the personal terms will be fairly, fairly substantial as well. Mm-hmm. So, as also, listen, the guy might want to go to Stoke. I mean, it's um, a straight choice. He might want to go and play at that level with uh, in England. Um, it's up to him. We don't know what he's thinking. Um, so, it might not just be money. It might be the, the, the football decision as well. But it does look as though that's, that's going to be his next destination rather than Celtic. So, it's um, another one off the list. It looks like. What next? Do you think, Graham? What the? <sighs> going to go now. Go in a variety of directions. There's obviously players like Ankersom's a player who was in the list. I think obviously talks cooled on him. Smith appeared to fit the bill. He, he wasn't a rampaging fullback like a Tierney type more. He did, I don't want to say a steady Eddie, but that's what he, a solid fullback that they've been able to mm. come in and do a job. Obviously, Stacey was another one who was linked. He signed for Bournemouth. So it's not easy. It's not as if Celtic obviously get these players who fit their profile. And if they start getting picked off, then it's. Better take your time in finding the right one, probably, than uh, rushing in and uh, picking the wrong one. Yeah, one of the names that came up in the early stage of the window was uh, George Baldock at Sheffield United. Is there a chance he could come back into the, There's a the chance, frame but now? He's in this, the same zone as Thomas Smith, and that he's, his value gets inflated by the week. Um, it was £3 million at the start of the window, now that could be more. Um, so, interesting him as well. So he's got one year left in his deal as well, so you need to be careful with Yeah, teams looking to cash in at that stage. But Celtic are also finding it as well. I think they're in a the market, with these, especially the English market, a lot of clubs are, are, well, always have done is, is use Celtic as a wee bit as bait. Celtic have got to go early. They're trying in June and July to sign players. Players want to sit and wait as long as possible to get the mm-hmm. best possible deal. And clubs will maybe, I'm not saying let it sneak out that, that, that Celtic are interested to try and smoke out bigger bids elsewhere. And it's difficult for Celtic because they're stuck in that that market. It's it's, it's tricky. 
um, to get these deals over the line really early because, like I say, these these teams are a bit cute in the market using using Celtic's interest to, to, to kind of boost the, the transfer fees elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that's happened with Smith, but it does look as though that, that could be a factor. Yeah. But that's, that is how the market works. That's how teams get money for players, like it or lump it. Yeah. Uh, and they have to act um, quick and decisive to get players before that getting sucked into that kind of transfer vortex. Yeah, another. I mean, staying in England, transferred uh, vortex. We transfer spend our day vortex. every day. Aye, aye. Feels like I'm trapped in a transfer <laughs> vortex. There's, there's literally there's no way out, is there? Yeah. Um, I mean, again, we're rattling off names here. Um, midfield, I said, Romain Sawyer's Graham. You've seen a bit of this guy, haven't you? Um, what, do you what do you yeah, make of him? Man, are you? Aye, big, big, big Brentford man. I've, I've just outed him as a big Brentford man on the record. Love the bees. Podcast. That's the. No, I think he's a decent player. The one not potentially on him is: does he really affect games? He doesn't score particularly often. He doesn't create a lot of assists. But if you watch him play, he's really, really tidy in the ball. He's excellent in the ball. He's got a, a kind of calming presence about. Him. He can kind of float in between pockets of space. He's not to someone actually that sounds like I'm describing uh, Cal McGregor, but he's a bit different. He's more of a playmaker type. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do like him. I think he's a player who would enhance Celtic's first team. But does he give you that kind of cutting edge X factor that somebody like Tom Rogic would in the final third? Probably not. But the argument is Rogic hasn't been the player he was previously in recent times. So no. I can see why. I can, he looks like a player that Neil Lennon would like. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, certainly. I mean, again... That one very much came on off the back of the David Turnbull deal. Uh, that collapsing, uh, Neil Lennon, you know, he said he's still in the market for quite a few different areas and, and another defender is obviously one of them. But so we saw the return of uh, Nier Beaton um, during the week there. I mean, we'll talk about the game later on, but he came in, did a job at the centre half. Uh, does that does that change anything in terms of, you know, looking for defenders and he has an option there, Beton, but probably I don't think not. So. I think it's just the, the annual tradition now of, of a near Beton centre half display in Europe yeah. early on. I think it's just tradition. You think you have to play him at centre half. I think it's in his contract. He's got to play centre half in Europe yeah. at some point um, during the, the annual kind of uh, centre back crisis that comes in. At and he did okay. The, the, He's the, fine. Yeah. The bit where the fake Zlatan Ibrahimovic striker got him rolled <laughs> in the half really, that doesn't bode well for. He's not a centre half. half. He's, no. uh, he's he's a wee bit too casual for to be a centre half. I think um, a very classy midfield player. I think he's still do. I think Lenny really likes him. Mm-hmm. I think I think he'd be a handy guy to have around in the middle of the park. He's come back from a long term injury as well. He's never really let something down at any point in time. No. He's, he's been a good servant over the years, um, but he's not a long term solution. I don't think anywhere. Um, but I think a lot of, you get the impression there's a bit of panic setting in with Celtic fans with transfers and now. I mean, it's they can't help but look across the city and there's what seven, eight signings getting made at iBooks and think, yeah. why's why there's only been two or three um, coming in so far? But I think they've got, they've got a wee bit of trust in their, their manager. I think I think he is actually a guy who knows the market Celtic are in. Um, I mean, for all I think Brendan Rodgers was a fantastic manager at Celtic. I mean, it was unbelievable. He did what he achieved. I don't think he ever got to grips with the, the market Celtic were in. It went, sometimes went too high for guys that were nine, ten million quid, couldn't afford the wages, or he actually overinflated guys that maybe weren't worth it. I'm thinking guys like Jack Henry, one point five million, and big money wages. He didn't need to spend that on on him really, um, for a project player. I think I think he didn't quite get the, the, the grips of it. Whereas I think Lenny is he knows see that one point five to three million market. Mm-hmm. I think he knows that, that market. Yeah. He knows a guy that can do a job at that level for that money. Um, running into a few problems with the English market. I think that's what's happening when you see him now. But I think that's not 
particularly uncommon mm-hmm. at this time of year. Um, but I think he will dig out these two million pound players. There'll be, I think they'll probably sign off two or three of these guys, and maybe one more big, big one because the money's there. Yeah. Where, um, where do you think if they were if they're going to really splash the cash? What area do you think? What, what position would they go for? Who who would it be? I think he wants. A, I think he does. still wants a creative midfield player, like a number ten type. I don't think he was thought, thought that Armstrong was ever replaced. Um, the right back it's, need two. It's a, everyone knows they need two right backs, and I think it's such a key role in the team now. The full backs. I think that'll be important. So I think they might spend on a on a decent right back. Um, after that, I mean, they're not in that bad a shape, really. I mean, I think I think another. It all depends on departures if Kieran Tierney goes and he's another left back mm-hmm. uh, where that happens I don't know um, the bowling goalies come in and you think long, maybe a long term left back um, if Tierney does stay another season or, or so um, but yeah and I, th- and I still think they need another striker I think another striker is, is needed I think uh, Edward I'm, like, I'm a big, big fan of Edward as a player I think he's, he's top class I think he will be I think he'll be another one of these guys that's going to go for mega money at some point because he's got a lot of attributes uh, Griffiths coming back I was at North Australia with Celtic and he scored a lot of goals scored six goals in three games but he still is a bit away from being back to full fitness he still needs probably I can't, I'm not a fitness coach as you can tell look at me not a fit person either but he looks like a good month or so away from being uh-huh. you can chuck on a half foot Griffin will score your goal Yeah, but he's a bit away from being and I don't think you can you can say you can right, we're going to rely on on, on him all season because you don't know how he's going to be fitness wise um, so I think they're our striker there's Bayou there I don't know Jury's out on, mm. on Vacu and Bayou I know he scored a goal over in Austria it was a good finish but it was a mixed bag out there so I don't know I, um, so I think another striker is possibly still on the on the, uh, the wish list yeah I mean because as we've said there's been countless number of right backs linked a good few midfielders yeah. but not too much in the way of no. options up top but it? it's fragile I mean I see Griffiths is, is coming back you know what happened he'll come back he'll play a couple of games you know, maybe a few tweaks not stuff, and he'll miss a couple of games that's what happened that's what you do when you're not out for so long you, yeah. you, um, you're bound to get a few nicks and niggles along the way so it takes a bit of time to come back in all it takes is Edward to pull a hammy and the, they'll get through the first round let's this, this come to Champions um, League but pull a hammy in the second round and misses the third round and all of a sudden, it's back to with where at times last year with Mickey Johnson up front, or there were no strikers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year before, James Forrest put up front in Rosenberg. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it, it's a very, very fragile. We've only got two strikers, um, and one of them's not particularly, uh, not not really near match fitness. It's a risk. So I think they still need a striker. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned Kieran Tierney as well there briefly. Um, it's all kind of gone a wee bit quiet on that. Recently, I mean, Arsenal seem to be having all sorts of bother elsewhere. Lauren Koscielny going on strike. They're, I seem they're trying to haggle the strangest of deals for Wilfred Zaha, offering yeah. about half the money plus three players to Crystal Palace. So yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely it's, it's, a, it's different. Uh, but but that's quite interesting uh-huh. as well with the fact that uh, it's been mentioned that I think Arsenal potentially to look at that with Celtic as well, maybe to try and top up guys. Jenkinson's been mentioned. That's the position they're in. They're yeah. having to get creative. But Celtic know what they want, obviously, for Kearney, and they know his price, and they won't, they're not willing to budge on that. So I don't think they'll have much luck trying a similar t- tactic at Parkhead. I don't particularly, I don't particularly buy it. I mean, I know they're, they're, they watch the pennies at, at Arsenal, but it's early for them, very early. I don't have any real need to be 
throw mega money around the now. No. Um, I always think it's quite funny this. Um, oh, they've only got a £40 million budget for the year and all that stuff. Tiny violence, though, I don't know. But <laughs> even that, I mean, if you want to put out a message to, to clubs that, that, that they're not going to negotiate up the way, oh, we've only got £40 million to spend on the fly, so we can't go any higher than that. Clubs that are wanting to, wanting to sell might think, well, we need to take this because they're not, not going to get any higher. That's mm-hmm. the only interest I've got. So I'm not buying the 45, 40 million. I mean, Leicester City have just spent 78 million quid in three weeks. Yeah, I know. It seems pretty paltry, um, doesn't it? I don't think they're hardly poppers, Arsenal, so they can find a dough from somewhere. Um, so I, I don't blame Celtic for sitting tight. No, not at all. And I mean, the other situation, when it's looking kind of uncertain and unresolved at the moment, is Olivier and Cham. And I mean, he's made, he seems to have made pretty clear that, you know, he wants he wants to go. But how do, Graham, how do Celtic, play this one because obviously they're you know his contract situation they're under no pressure you know to to flog him in that sense yeah. but I mean it's like it's again it's like this player who seems to be unhappy so what do you what that do you do? contract was a blinder it really was because just to have him tied down they can weather the storm next couple of weeks they'll come back on side and I think the dream would be to find a team that's ready to do business obviously Porto in the past very keen uh, some interest uh, back in France as well Marseille and Leon, but and Cham, oh, what a, the comments! I think up Celtic fans so much because a they know how good a player he was in his first season, and b they could tell how much he down tools in his second. So for those those comments, they just reinforce a belief in Celtic fans' heads that that's the player wasn't given his all last season. They were pretty, they were close to the bone. Start. That's not what supporters want, and mm-hmm. there's no way to ever repair that. I don't think. I, I thought. Uh, Lennon spoke very well the other night. He was he got his point across, uh, made it abundantly clear that that's not acceptable, and I think Celtic will be doing the utmost to yeah. move him on. And he is a quality opener. There's times spoke about this a lot in the in the past. Like he's got a lot about his game, but he's not anywhere near a good enough player to down tools either. He can't get by. And at times the game against Hibs Rangers last season, St Myrne, he's just like just absolutely. A shambles on the pitch, yeah. you know, he was. So, I think Celtic need to be, they can take their time with this, they can stay patient and wait for the right offer to come in. Because teams, Michael's been saying, you know, for Celtic are operating a different time frame than other teams, they've got qualifiers to deal with. But in Cham will be an attractive player to teams in the end of July, the start of August. He's got a decent pedigree, he's just been at the under 21 Euros, played some minutes, he looked decent when he came off the bench against England. So, Celtic are in, definitely in the box seat with us, they can control the situation and I still think they'll be able to get a decent fee but it could be slightly reduced for what they could have without this kind of fallout between <coughs> player and club yeah. they sold them last summer shouldn't they? Yeah definitely I think, yeah. I think the Boyata one last summer as well was a bit of a misstep obviously well, like, Rogers pushed for that you buy the best part of 25 million last summer by not yep. selling it to yeah um, you can see the appeal of Boyata you can't, tell, you can't tell me Cham didn't say last summer that's not a fancy heading at the door as well yep. and, and Boyata obviously made clear he wanted to go so yep. I think they boobed I mean, listen, there are two good players that could have been big players last year. Turns out they weren't. Yeah. I mean, Boyata was posted missing the one game they needed him. He was on strike. And then we came back in and then it was inevitable he was going to get injured after New Year. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean I, I, listen, I'm not saying the guy wasn't injured, but uh-huh. he could have put the mortgage on him, putting the tools away early last season. Um, and Cham has done the same. The only thing it helps the fact that he's doing so well with the France twenty ones. That's 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 what's keeping his, his value inflated in France, mm-hmm. maybe elsewhere as well. Um, but I mean, it's time. It's time. You need, you need to get rid of him. Obviously, um, it's amazing how players sometimes forget that the internet exists, doesn't it? Yeah. They, 
doing interviews in foreign, <laughs> foreign fields. And then he come back and it's, it's caused a stushy. Uh, how did like, you hear about that? Uh, it's, uh, oh, the carrier pigeon, the ravens came <laughs> in with it. I mean, uh, and it's, uh, so it's lost, lost in translation. Yeah. How does it, how does like a comment like that he's made there, how does that go down in the dressing room as well? Do you know what I mean? It kind of go down dreadfully. Well his teammates. Like, yeah, I think guys like Scott Brown would definitely have his back before comments like that because he could, he was, he was band of brothers style stuff. Yeah. You know, he played in the midfield, big games against Rangers. Cham was probably the best player in the part. You know, I don't think they're, I think maybe a few of the French guys keep themselves to themselves, but you'd always have your back for your teammates. You've won big games, won trophies, but stuff like that, just a bit, I think, unfair more than anything else. Because I don't think, I, I think I don't Scottish football is an easy target and it doesn't need it is, uh, uh, players who obviously have been able to yeah, piggyback happens. off Scottish football. At clubs at every level that player doesn't want to be there, they'll just chuck it and, and agitate for a move. And this is another ploy that you give the interview back in the homeland. Yes. Uh, this is what they all do. Well, it doesn't matter uh-huh. if you're Neymar or, or Neus. He's still, he's still, I see, it's all coming now. Um, so it doesn't matter. Like, this is this is part of the agitation process to get each other move. Um, but it's now a case of how much they can get from. Because um, I think they will be, will be away. It's a shame. Like, I think there's a player in there. I'm not seeing it off enough. I mean, I mm-hmm. the first half of his first season, not very good. Second half of this season, looked very good. And last season, right off. So he's had six good months at Celtic. Mm-hmm. His performance, in, it, the three worst performances of any player I saw all this season. The one at St. Martin was actually mind-blowing. It was you think, like you, an you imposter. You think he had a hot date. He could have been sent off five times. He had five tackles or red card tackles. And eventually the referee was like... What, 28 minutes, I think. He had, he had five tackles that could have been red cards. And it looked as though he was a, he had a hot date to go on. He did well at the 28 minutes. He was lucky to last 28 minutes. It looks like a guy who did not <laughs> he want thought to the be game there. was on the Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> found it was a Friday. I think, I think he was trying to catch the last show at the Odeon. Because uh, he, was, he was out there... A, a bus to catch yeah, it was unbelievable and then like, uh, Easter Road um, against Hibs was a, he stunk the place out and then he came up and he did against Rangers as well he was, he was a honking against them as well um, so I, I, it's time I mean it's probably a year overdue um, mm-hmm. and, and the thing is he's, he probably would have got a, a lot more chance for a better move if he'd performed last season and got his head down like Moussa Dembele did when he had, when last night. I think he towards the end as well was was feeling a few tweaks and all that and the old, the old sore toe when he knew he was heading at the door. Um, but if he'd his head down last year and played the way he played in the last six months of the first season, he would have had a queue at the door to try and get him. Yeah. Whereas now he's opened the bank on his 21s performances and Marseille, the only one's interested at the moment and they've not got a pot to, to, to pee in just now um, due to whatever they're up to these days. Um so his options aren't I mean, about as great as they would have been if he'd kicked head, head down. Plus, I think I always think this kind of stuff doesn't look great for players when the teams are coming for them. But so you come to a club, and you don't fancy it in a year's time. You go to start this carry on again. Yeah, I don't know. It's I mean, an attitude thing, but, isn't it? But it seems to work for players. It seems to be that seems to be the the way to get, to get the, what they want. So you think go back to Celtic, play well in the qualifiers, get Celtic to the Champions League group stages, and then we'll take some phone calls end of the month because that because that is the job done in terms of Celtic's early season uh, hopes um, and that's what they've done in the past Van Dijk Dembele this would be the same but that's not the way he's gone about it uh, unless they can, Lenny can talk him round but I don't know I think it's too late now Aye. so just moving away for transfers for a wee while just even for our own sanity uh, Champions League qualifying campaign opened in Sarajevo Graham what did you make a gutsy gutsy win Difficult uh-huh. circumstances, one of those. Yeah, I thought Celtic were good. It's tough. Like 
you, these games you've got a preconceived notion of what they're going to be like. Alice Kit last year, you know, it was pretty sedate atmosphere away and Celtic were able to navigate the way tie quite easy, but this felt it was different. This kind of Euro nineteen nineties style about it. Pouring exactly. It was a An old Olympic stadium. Pouring rain. It was a storm, wasn't it? Yeah. Aye. And they were okay as well. That was the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly realised Bosnian champions, maybe a bit of technical ability. So one in Bombo straight away in the first ten, fifteen minutes with Bain saving the bacon, he could get a wee bit out of position. I think he was still playing for Rapid in the league game. It was a wee bit more defensive sensibility was needed in that position. But after the goal I thought Celtic were excellent. Uh, Mikey Johnson, who player raved about for a long time, watched him in the Youth Cup final against Rangers just run the show and he's been waiting to take that next step up and kind of produce that at the senior level. He's got all the ability in the world. But the way he was able to cut inside that finish was incredible. Um, Edward as we all know he's calling a cucumber in front of goal mm-hmm. and Sinclair you know, he's, he's, I know he doesn't play every week anymore but when he comes on he makes a difference that was a clever little finish as well so there was plenty to light I thought Celtic get better as the game progressed Ayer did a decent job at night but it was, there was enough positives yeah. in the game and it's all but over heading for the next leg because that goal that, I mean it was a brilliant individual goal and it came at a I think like a really important time because it looked as if it could have got a wee bit hairy for a wee while. They yeah. looked a wee bit unsure at points for that goal. Much, it was much needed, yeah. I mean, the goal that Celtic lost was, was pretty horrific for the corner kick. I mean, given away the corner kick, it was nothing. a very Celtic away in Europe type goal. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a kind of, you were expecting big, big Gary Caldwell and big McManus <laughs> in, the, in the first 10 minutes of a, an away tie. Um, but uh, like uh, you're saying, they could come back pretty well. I mean, the, the goal was, was a superb goal for Mickey Johnson. Brilliant. He's got that in his locker, hasn't he? Definitely. Um, and and actually, you could see the game changing, couldn't you? You could see the kind of the Bosnians kind of thing. Well, we had a reshot at it. Uh-huh. In the second half, I thought it was quite comfortable, and like in a very uncomfortable tie. Because that was that was probably the worst tie they could have got. Mm-hmm. I actually think this tie will be more tricky than the next round. I think. I think it was looking like Skandija. Mm-hmm. Skandika. I've been before, so I should tomato, know this tomato. one. I've been, should know it. Uh, uh, I think that that one would be actually slightly more straightforward than, than, than the first round weirdly um, but the tie's done that's the job was to go there and, and find a tie um, they knew that as well that's why they changed the tie around that's why they played their home leg um, they switched them around they were meant to come to Glasgow and they, they asked to, to change it and they gave some cock and bull story about visas and all that stuff uh, again forgetting the internet actually exists these days um, and played, played the home game first because they wanted that big crowd they got the other night. Yeah. So they got a few quid fair play to them and they thought they could maybe keep the tie fairly competitive for the home leg first and then go and get scudded in Glasgow. Whereas if you get scudded in Glasgow first, the home leg, there's it's one man and his dog, that rain, yeah. they knocked it in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got a few quid out of it and that's, I think that's, they were quite, I mean, I know they had a few feeling bumped their gums about how they deserved better. And the person had a few chances and looked all right. Mm-hmm. But I think that they got a, they got a few quid and didn't, they were decent in the way that sometimes you, in these early qualifying rounds it's like playing teams on FIFA at one start like they've got no understanding of how to break down a team like Celtic hold on not an old man here right okay so it just means that like quite I a think I played FIFA was in the, was in the <laughs> Mega Drive <laughs> so 1996 it's changed a wee bit since then it's a wee bit different now but I Sarajevo had something about them like they were a so put the cassette in and go get dinner ah exactly uh, that's how you do it wait it's half an hour for it to load up exactly <laughs> so you can't be just that's the uh, the the punters will enjoy the the comparison. They'll get it, Mike. That's the lost in me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but Asari had a clear plan. They knew they knew what they were doing. They wanted to get the ball 
uh, sit in the counter attack and then push on Celtic quickly. And it worked for much of the first half hour, but Celtic were able to get on top, and I think that made a difference. McGregor was good again, as he always is. Uh, he was able to kind of get the ball down as bad the weather was honking, but he was able to pass it, moving, cause a few issues. So I think it was plenty to like for Celtic in yeah. particular. And I mean, as well, Sarajevo, they, I mean, it's not as if they gave Celtic a real going over, but is it better to get a wee, you know, in that first round to get a wee test like that rather than your Linfields and Alish Kurt, where half the time it just feels like a pre-season friendly. I mean, the, that I know the second half kind of petered away a wee bit, but it was a no, bit really more like it, it is a pre-season friendly in a competitive environment. And that's a problem. Yeah. And Celtic are nowhere near at full full capacity yet in terms of fitness. Um, but three friendlies in, in Austria and Switzerland lost lost bit behind in two of them, so it wasn't surprising to see them get behind again. They went behind a team that were dog and duck. The first game, but that's that's what happens in this time of the season. It's the early days, mm-hmm. um, so it's ridiculously early. So I think I think the easier the better. Just to get a run out is, mm-hmm. is the main thing. All right, they got a test and that will help their competitive juices and all that stuff. But I think you don't they don't really want that element of doubt at any point in time, even for that fifteen minutes spell, <laughs> um, because it is fairly it is really early in the, the campaign. So to get through that, it means that they can treat the second leg almost like that friendly yeah. environment, which they can get minutes into legs and and get a few guys up to speed and then be, be better for the next round but that's the way it always is in this, this round yeah so elsewhere um, just want to talk a wee bit about Karamoko Dembele um, there was a Celtic 11 played Arbroath at the weekend and Arbroath's uh, Bobby Lynn made a quite a comparison between young Dembele and a certain Lubo Maravchik uh, what do you make of that Graham? it's interesting because for a certain, Dembele's very much the new age of Celtic, but for a lot of teenagers, Lubin Moravchek's just a name. But for a different generation of Celtic fans, he's probably the most gifted player the club's had out, out within the last in a generation. For, so to try and compare the two, obviously it's a bit out there, but I think it shows you the kind of way the Dembele effect, really. He's going to play these games. Players are keeping a very close eye. There's not been a player emerging in Scottish football in quite some time that every kind of mention his name's kind of monitored it's analysed to see where he's going but I think the interesting thing and there was a few things mentioned for the game as well at the at the weekend I think he's a different player to the one Celtic maybe thought they were going to get I think he's much more technically he can play a bit deeper it's all about the through balls and passing he's not some lightning quick winger that's just going to drift past you uh, I think there's more to his game uh, but obviously a comparison like that it's, uh, it's not outlandish but it's a, it's a wee bit you know, we've got a way to go until uh, Dembele can prove his worth at that level. I know. Well, considering as well that Maravchik was almost a full 20 years older than <laughs> Dembele is now when he came to Celtic. Uh, there was a wee bit between them. Um, but what do you make of that, Michael? Is it, I mean, is it, it's obviously it's a high compliment. It's probably a kind of yeah, throwaway. It's a, it's a throwaway guy phrase. Good, good feet uh, and he can turn and twist. Do you know what I mean? So you can see the comparisons. Yeah. Um, he's a top talent. He's always a lad. He's got bags of ability. I mean, he's, he's brilliant on the ball. He's, like, he's not the kind of modern... Winger, this the, the kind of the, the modern athletic winger that knocks the ball and runs um, with pace and power and all that stuff. He's more like an old fashioned throwback kind of style, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, but he's an exciting talent. I, I think we'll see more of him this year now and again. He's still got to do, go a bit physically. I thought um, I'd noticed a difference even from the tail end of last season. That somebody just looks a bit bigger, a bit stronger. Not obviously, it's got to take time. He is only 16, he's always still growing, developing. But I think he's slowly getting there uh, to where he needs to to play more regularly for Celtic first team. Yeah, 
And I think we've we've kind of talked before about you know how it's probably quite important for Celtic to manage the expectation. And but how much do you think the fans can expect from him this season? What would you? Uh, I think he's cameo. Um, obviously, you know what to talk about. But against Hearts, he was magic. You know, it was this perfect kind of first appearance. He was on the pitch. He was drinking past people, getting shots away. He looked really dangerous. But perhaps I think for Celtic, I think the treble, treble, so on a quadruple treble. But nine in a row means everything this year for Celtic. So perhaps the Betfred Cup could be the perfect opportunity. Guys themselves, Armstrong, Oka Flex, Ewan Henderson's obviously a couple of years on, but highly rated as well. Uh, Lee Morrison, young central defender as well, he's another. I think Celtic are desperate to keep amid interest in Germany. So this might be the chance to maybe just go bold in the Betfred. Why not? Six, seven youngsters along with a couple of fringe players. Um, I know that's probably not the Celtic way in terms of on a non-stop push for every trophy, but I think that'd be a good introduction for a player like Dembele um, and for Celtic to be able to see more of him because there's obviously it's boundless potential he has and, and there's plenty to get excited about as we move forward in the next couple of years. Yeah, we'll certainly see in the weeks and months to come. But as for this week, that's all from us. Thanks to Graham and Michael for joining me and we'll be back next midweek. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the pod as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, you can rate us on there as well. Thanks for listening.